I'm Dave Champion. In the wake of the January 6th violent insurrection at the Capitol building in Washington, D.C., some people have been calling for Senators Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz to be removed from the Senate using the 14th Amendment, Section 3. Is that a thing? In this video, I am not going to address why people feel that Senators Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz should be removed from the Senate or whether I think that's appropriate or inappropriate. Not going to get into that. I simply want to address the mechanism that's being proposed, which is that they be removed using Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. Let's say Hawley and Cruz had done something that was uh, worthy of removal. Would that be possible using Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. Let's start our inquiry by putting this in the proper context, which is that the 13th Amendment, the 14th Amendment, and the 15th Amendment were all passed in the couple of years immediately after the Civil War and pertained primarily, overwhelmingly, their main purpose was to address certain issues concerning the freed black slaves. So let's take a quick look at these three amendments. The 13th Amendment, you're probably aware that was the national amendment that said, sorry, you can't hold people in slavery anymore. Yeah, pretty good idea. Uh, the 14th Amendment was to establish a separate, lesser, less robust, less complete form of citizenship possessed by white state citizens for the recently freed black slaves. And the reason for that is the constitutions of those southern states did not grant black people born into slavery in those states citizenship. And citizenship throughout the history of the United States up until that moment, citizenship had always come from birth within a state. So since their state constitutions did not permit black people who were born into slavery to become citizens, the fact that they lost the war, there was still no legal mechanism by which those freed black slaves could become citizens. So through the 14th Amendment, they were provided with a separate, distinct class of citizenship. Now, if you think I'm <laughs> pulling your leg, go look at Title 42 of the United States Code, Section 1981, Subsection A. Read that. It is still current law. It speaks to the mindset of the people who adopted the 14th Amendment uh, and who then subsequently, within just months of that, passed what we now have codified at 42 U.S.C. 1981. Yeah, so you read subsection A, it will blow your mind. The 15th Amendment was ratified in order to prevent the states from prohibiting this new class of citizenship, 14th Amendment citizens, to prevent the states from blocking them from voting. That's it. All right, so now that we've given our inquiry some context, let's look at the exact specific language of the 14th Amendment, Section 3. No person shall be a senator or representative in Congress or elector of president or vice president or hold any office, civil or military, under the United States or under any state who, having previously taken an oath as a member of Congress or as an officer of the United States or as a member of any state legislature or as an executive or judicial officer of any state to support the Constitution of the United States shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. But Congress may, by a vote of two-thirds of each house, remove such disability. 
Let's start with the principle that when you're analyzing a constitution for its meaning, we use a different set of rules than to analyze a statute in order to discern its correct meaning. When interpreting a statute, the rule is we look at the exact language chosen by the legislature. It was written out, enough of the people in the legislature rose their hand that it was enacted into law and the governor or president signed it into law. And so when we're looking at a statute, we say, okay, all these people agreed on this language. So this language is what we're going to run on. And recourse to what perhaps the people who first envisioned that statute, recourse to what they might have thought it should have meant is disfavored. And it's something that is done very, very rarely and only under very limited circumstance. Now, that statute, so let's put that aside. Now, constitutional interpretation, completely different. The words in a constitution mean exactly, specifically, and precisely what the men who wrote them believed them to mean. So when we read in section three of the 14th Amendment, shall have engaged in insurrection, that's past tense. Okay, so it's the guys who framed out the 14th Amendment saying, if you took an oath and you were in any of these job positions in the state or federal government, and then, back then, <laughs> you engaged in rebellion or insurrection against the same, then you cannot now hold office. It does not mean if anybody in the future <laughs> who takes an oath or whatever to whatever job position it is and then engages in insurrection, that section three can be invoked to remove them from whatever their official office is. It doesn't mean that because according to the constitutional rules of interpretation, it means only what the men who wrote it believed it to mean. And that was clearly in the context of being passed immediately after the civil war. And it meant the people who were already under oath to obedience to the constitution and then engaged in rebellion, could not then, at that time, in the years immediately after the Civil War, sit in any sort of official government position unless that disability was removed by a two-thirds vote of Congress. So when you see these stories in the media about this guy or that guy or this group wants Ted Cruz or Josh Hawley or anybody else uh, <laughs> removed from the Senate or perhaps from the House using Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, yeah, so no, that's absolute. Poppycock. Now, if you want to learn more about the 14th Amendment, I want to encourage you to go to originalintent.org. You can see right here, education, click on that. And then this will appear in the top left-hand corner. And I suggest you read Constitutions, Citizenship, and 14th Amendment Clarified. You can skip the one on the law unless you've got a lot more time on your hands because that's not really relevant to the 14th Amendment per se. But that will help you get a really good grasp of what the 14th Amendment is really all about. And the important thing about the 14th Amendment is it's still with us today, even though it was passed immediately after the Civil War. And it was intended to give this second lesser class of citizenship to the freed black slaves in their posterity, so say the courts, not me, so says the Supreme Court, um, it's still in effect today. This bizarre 150-year-old mechanism, this second lesser class of citizenship, is still operative in this country right now. So I, I think it's a fascinating thing, and I think it, it's sad 
that more Americans don't really understand the truth of the 14th Amendment. But it's going to be simple for you to do that at originalintent.org, click on education, and then read those three pieces I shared with you, and you'll be fully ramped up to speed.